But we welcome back into Ten Radio Studio up to date. This is Susie Grogan. Thank you, Eddie. Good morning and welcome to Talking Books. And the first thing I'm going to say, because I'm absolutely livid about it and I'd better get it off my chest, is uh, you probably all know there's another threat to our local libraries. Um, and Wivy Library is one of those threatened with closure. So if you have got access to the internet, you can always go in the library and access the internet. Go uh, to somerset.gov.uk libraries consultation or there's a meeting on the 21st of February in the library and help save what is, I think, a vital community resource. It's a, it's a place to meet, it's a place to have events and it's a, it's actually part of the community and has been for more than a century so let's not lose it so that's my bit off my chest um and now regular listeners um on both the radio and online know that my favorite thing to talk about on my show is poetry i've always had a proper crush on john keats everybody who listens to this show knows that the life the letters and of course the poetry um for years and years and uh from that i've gradually worked my way into 20th and 21st century poetry and found most wonderful of contemporary poetry too and today we welcome a popular and very well regarded local poet Ross Bryant has been published in several of the famous forward poetry anthologies. This is right, isn't it? Yes, that is right. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter if it isn't, it sounds great. And who came, he came second in the Great British Write-Off, which I'd never actually heard of. No, and I keep nearly accidentally calling it the Great British Bake Off, but it's the Write Off. I, yeah, I suspect it's, it's a bit of a rip off of, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. of the Bake Off, the Write Off, yeah. Um, <laughs> in 2016. Now, his first collection was called Question Your Perception and Not My Choice of Hat, which is a great title. And I'm going to get to the bottom of it. So, welcome, Rob. Good morning. Uh, now, first things then, that, that title, where did it come from? Well, I think it sort of goes hand in hand with how the, with the style of writing in the book in that I'm sort of almost inviting people to sort of question their uh, opinions on something before they maybe vocalise it, um, just to question their perception before, mm. you know, forging that opinion as well. I think that was the, the logic behind it. And uh, maybe it was just a way of avoiding any sort of uh, negative feedback on the book as well. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's really clever with poetry because I think people have got um, different perceptions of poetry. And I was, I was interested, actually, because you're a young guy, um, and I remember when my kids were at school, they were taught poetry in what I thought was not a particularly helpful way. Did you did you get into poetry at school, or was it something that you found later on? I mean, yeah, that's my my first memories of poetry. Really, is being in a baking hot classroom yeah. with a dusty projector, going through sort of various. Po- and to be honest, I think like a lot of people when I was younger had a a dislike for it really and yeah you switch off don't you yeah it's taught like that and it wasn't until we went on a like a school trip and i i saw uh john cuba clark oh, for yes. the first time and it's like that's yeah. the first time that i f- saw poetry being performed and yeah. i suppose that was that was the very first time that i thought that you know it actually could be exciting and mm. it could be a performance as well and it could be funny exactly yeah, yeah. it could make you think yeah and it can go hand yeah. in hand with with comedy as well and it's yeah it yes. was just sort of really seeing it come to life or come alive really i think um as we're taking to see is it john hegley i yeah. think they were taking to see which is a pretty similar kind of experience i think that you mm. know you listen carefully and actually find there's a whole lot of fun in it yeah so that's been your ambition is it to sort of challenge people to come to poetry with a maybe a fresh look and and have their ideas 
challenged? Yeah, I mean, that was that was my initial uh, intentions for my first uh, collection of mm. poetry. Um, but then I sort of almost naturally started to write poetry with more of a narrative mm. uh, to it as well and yeah. just sort of ha- maybe have a beginning, middle and end as um, I want... I've started maybe moving into a bit more of a sort of comedic uh, yes. style of writing as well, yes. which I seem to be enjoying at the moment. But Yeah, and that's great. Are you, you call yourself a performance poet. Yeah. Yeah, so you would actually... Because I, I, I think I... Was it Paul or uh, Tobin or Mortimer? I mean, people who listen to the show will know I've had both of those poets on and they're fabulous. Um, one of them sort of challenged the idea of being a performance poet because there are some very um, physical performance poets, yeah. aren't there? Are you one of those or are you someone who stands at the mic and and speaks his verse? It's, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a very broad spectrum, isn't yes. it, for performance poetry. And it's, I suppose I try to, it's performance poetry, it's, it's almost like a monologue, it's... Mm stand-up comedy as well so I think those yeah. things are, so I do tend to stand behind a mic yeah. um, you don't stride about the stage doing no, the tried comedic doing, thing yeah I've tried doing that but I'm always afraid I'm going to trip over the lead or something like that so yeah, I like to stay in one place yeah, yeah. Can be a bit embarrassing as well. so I like that to be a mic stand definitely you want people to listen to the poetry yeah. really don't you yeah. we're going to get uh, Ross to uh, read a couple of his poems because um, I've had sight of them and I think they're terrific. Um, and it'll be really interesting, actually, because one of them's quite long and I think um, you'll be able to really get into it on the radio. So I'm looking forward to that. Now, um, when did that first collection come out? 2015, I believve. Because you've got that a second one yes, on the way. I'm just finishing up my second book, um, which has the working title From the Moon to Suburbia. Um, right. which I intend to have maybe this year, early parts of next year. So I'm just putting the finishing touches to that at the moment. So, Do these poems read for us, for, for us come from that yes, collection? Yes, they do. Yeah, they do. So people will get a flavour of what to expect from the, yeah. the next book. How do you go about getting published? Um, you... There are, you, you know, approach a publisher, really. Yeah. Um, particular poetry publishers, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. And you would approach them with a, a manuscript or something like mm. that. And they would, unfortunately, there's a lot of rejection in the yes. poetry industry, unfortunately. So you do have, to have quite thick skin. Yeah. And then, you know, eventually someone will um, come back to you and say that they want to publish your work, which, yes. fingers crossed, will happen with this collection as yes. well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now you 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 do poetry readings a lot, I yeah. know, and you were actually is it Axminster last night? Axbridge, Axbridge last night, yes, Axbridge, yeah, yeah. How did that go? Yeah, really well. Um, it was it was like in a an old uh, cinema uh, mm. sort of a venue, so it was a yeah, fantastic venue, um, and yeah, I performed for half an hour today, really, um, and it was a really good night. Yeah, so definitely. Are you on the bill with other poets, or are you with comedians? Was, so you're moving to. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a mixture of poets and comedians yeah. last night, so it, it was a good mix. Well. And you're even getting people out in a cold, miserable, even though the sun's shining this morning, cold, yeah. miserable January. Yeah. to come and listen to poetry. Yeah, that was a really good turnout. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. I just love poetry, and I think people need to realise actually that you can say as much with a three minute poem as you can with a considerably longer yeah. essay because you know no words are wasted now do you want to get straight into your first poem then yeah, just of introduce just introduce it to us because 
I'm very conscious always of the time on this programme. We know that. And I can get completely lost in the moment. Ten minutes is already gone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so if you'd like to crack on and introduce the first one and then, then read it. Of course, okay yeah. okay with you? Um, the first poem I'm going to do is in synonym, Thanks. Um, which I wrote after realising that when you're uh, trapped in a corridor with somebody, uh, you have to say a different variation of the word thanks, and it can get a bit tricky if there is more than two doors in said corridor. So that was the inspiration behind this poem. Um, When a door is opened equal to or greater than 45 degrees, it's universally agreed that you need to acknowledge the person opening said door with some well-mannered thanks, which is okay, which is fine. But if you repeat that process several times in the same corridor, within the same time in the same door frames, then you've inadvertently entered yourself into your very own word-based game. And that's one that usually makes my mind draw a blank. And that's how many synonyms or phrases can replace the word thanks, as I simply couldn't repeat the same word, as I fear that that may be primitive. I simply couldn't live with anybody thinking that my lexicon may be limited. And this recently happened to me in my local doctor's surgery, my being there in the hope of obtaining a prescription as I'd recently succumbed to the pitfalls of googling my own symptoms. The receptionist was sat under one of those 60-watt panel lights, told me that the waiting room is at the end of the hallway on the right. I let someone go before me, as that seemed the politest behaviour, and she held the door open in order to return the favour. I said thanks, as that seemed the most straightforward, doing my best to avoid any form of eye contact, as that would be awkward. Each door in this corridor was separated by roughly 20 feet, and these are the amount of steps I take until once again we meet. She opens the door almost habitually. And I panic. I'm trying to mask my nervousness by nonchalantly saying, a tip of the hat to you, squire. Which, in hindsight, was a pretty dire attempt that left her looking confused as if she'd have to travel back to the Middle Ages to when that term was last used. We then get to the third door. And the time in which I had drew near, I could see by her facial expression she wanted a response. That part was clear. But what I now had to say, I wasn't too sure. I wasn't up to speed with the nomenclature. So I delved deep into the near-limitless menagerie of the English language, roaming amongst its twists and turns in the hope of foraging a perfectly crafted word, one that was both intelligent and witty, something within this sack of organ and bone that would harvest an ounce of creativity, until a flicker of consonants and vowels manifested in the pit of my bowels and meshed together to create a word, one of which she'd never heard, and given the green light from my consciousness, rose like a salmon through my esophagus. It had the buoyancy that made it ascend without question. I was almost 100% sure it was an indigestion. And from my throat, this word was confidently flung, and I spoke with a flourish as I wielded my tongue, and in an attempt to redeem this prior faux pas, I said the word, ta You know that's barely a word that's used when people refuse to use more than one syllable and the look of regret set in my facial expression and that was clearly visible. I realised that in this moment I needed a change of stratagem, hoping to God that by saying the word ta, she thought I was sounding out the periodic symbol for tantalum. So, I hid. In this tiny room filled with dustpans, mops and assortment of brooms, industrial products by the many, sources of ventilation by the few. This is certainly not what Mr Muscle would do. My plan was to stay there for the feeblest of spells until I realised that she was opening that door for me as well. I exclaimed that I thought I was in a lift in order to create a paradigm shift, but the shoddy foundations in my story began to show when she said, 
how many lifts do you think there'll be in a converted Victorian bungalow? I said I didn't know. I couldn't possibly harbour a guess and blamed it on the lack of funding for the NHS. She left, walking down the hall. After making me feel about two feet tall, I decided I could any more and made a sharp left across a nylon floor and looking both ways so no one would know, made my escape for a nearby window, stepping over the ledge. Wading through a nearby hedge amidst the briar and the bramble that ensured I ambled from the scene in which I bemoaned my lack of cognitive ability, it was, however, incomparable to the prior exchange and what it had left of my now dwindling dignity. <laughs> I, think, I, I, think you, I think you have to... The, the one thing, of course, nobody else can see is the fact that you're pretty much saying that off by heart, aren't you? Yes. You're, and you're acting it. Um, and it's 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 not one of these, you know. I could imagine why that goes down well as a performance. Yeah, I mean, it is it is actually a little bit of theatre, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't um, read when I'm on the stage. Yeah. Um, it's just I was a bit scared of getting it wrong on the radio. If I'm honest, really. <laughs> well, yeah, no, you said put a copy, and I'm thinking that's what it says. Don't you? <laughs> no, it all flows brilliantly. So, I mean, I don't know how anybody does it. I've never known how actors. Uh, learn their lines off by heart and then don't get completely dried up at the end of it but that that was fantastic thank Thank you you. very much (laughs) thank you very much and now I was going to ask you um a little bit more about um that you're in you're in in poetry groups aren't Mm -hmm. you locally how important is it do you think to be as a poet to be part of a poetry group because you know other poets I've had on here think that it's great to have that kind of support network but maybe it's not everyone well when i first the very first uh, time i performed was at fire river poets in taunton about mm. two years ago mm. um i had intended to do two poems and got through the first one and was so nervous i actually sat back down because um you know i found the whole experience terrifying really to be mm. honest and yes but with that support network you get feedback and you mm. see how other people do it and it, it certainly helps you as a mm. poet and a performer mm. as well certainly mm. And I think you can feed off each other a little bit, can't you, in terms of maybe one word doesn't sound quite right in a line and maybe someone could just trigger another thought? Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's... Without a doubt, I wouldn't be writing the sort of poetry that I am today if had it not been for going to see other poets, performance poets Mm -hmm. as well. And I think that's why, from my first collection to my second, that it has sort of gone off on a bit of a tangent. It's developed. So are you still entering competitions and things? I haven't done for a few years um not since the um right off right off not bake off um <laughs> but I, I intend to do it this year really because i've started mm. as well as doing performance i started writing a uh, more sort of page poetry mm. as, as it were so i mm. maybe intend to um send those to competitions as well so fingers yeah, crossed my brother-in-law um has just had two poems commended in competitions which i think seeing as he's not a poet and he's each I think that's. I think it's brilliant that yeah. you can turn to poetry almost at any age, um, and find that it, it actually, you know, you can express yourself. Yeah. I think naturally, as a younger person, perhaps this slightly comedic verse comes out. Do you think it's when you listen to other people's poetry that maybe some of them are slightly more intense than you? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned earlier about it being such a, a broad sort of spectrum, mm. really, and I think that's the, the best thing about going to poetry evenings because. You, until somebody says their first word, you have no idea what what they're going to be like as a performer, mm. and you have, you know, people that um, you know very very sort of serious um, mm. poetry. You have 
people that's more comedy based so it's very eclectic mix and I think that's yeah that's one of the best things about going to poetry nights really it is yeah. and some I mean you've got a good voice for reading poetry as oh, thank well. you <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you about your influences have, yeah. you, have you got people that you'd admired since you were a younger poet yeah what well, have influenced you when I yeah, it was about sort of 15, 16. Mm. I started playing in, in bands and different things like that. Mm. Initially, I was, I was very sort of into music. Um, and it was then I got really introduced to sort of the writing process, mm. uh, sort of behind uh, writing songs, different things like that. And I went, decided to be a singer-songwriter in my mm. early sort of 20s and then mm. discovered that I couldn't sing and... <laughs> You knew That's about five chords on the guitar people. as well. Probably that hasn't stopped a lot of people. Yeah, so, the fact that they can't sing. Yeah, so it was the 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 writing process that influenced me. And <coughs> early on, it was poets like, like I said earlier, John Cooper Clark, mm-hmm. Ogden Nash, because oh yes, Ogden Nash. Yeah, uh, because a lot of their their poetry is very strict in mm-hmm. terms of its structure. Even though it's comedic, it's very strict yeah. with the, the structure and the, the form that it uses. So that they were very early influences, and then. I got into the 50s beat poets as well, people mm. like Allen Ginsberg and mm. uh, Jack Kerouac. I've managed to find a bit of a middle ground between the two now. Yeah, no, it's it's terrific to have those people that you can look up to, but you have to find your own voice, don't you, with, with poetry? Because otherwise it comes out as a... I mean, I've written poems and I've looked down at them and thought, well, I've just written that as a different version of somebody else's poem really it's, yeah it's quite difficult isn't it to find your own do you think to find your own voice as a poet definitely and it's it's very easy to fall into that that trap as well i've recently well, listened to uh, kate tempest mm-hmm. uh, before who's um a very sort of a modern uh, almost uh, a rapper yes you know, it's yeah. a, st- a style and delivery and you know throughout a week or two after that i, st- I sort of fell into that tried writing like that and it was um no i need to you know go my own way yeah um but it's very easy to fall inside a trap certainly. it is and poetry's got a kind of a a, a, a music to it as well hasn't it because when you're yeah. reading just then clearly there's you can imagine that there's a there's a, a kind of a sing song element to it but there's definitely a rhythm and a, a tone to it that's yeah i certainly like my poems to be almost rhythmic and have a, a flow to them mm. um, and i think that's almost going back to the fact that i used to be a musician yeah. as well and i think that sort of naturally uh, happens when I write. And some musicians are poets, aren't they? I mean, well, so you know, uh, I mean, the very first poet I ever saw was a guy called Adrian Henry, who was one of the Liverpool poets. Yeah. But he was singing. Uh, he was uh, the lead singer in a group called the Liverpool Scene, mm. uh, alongside Led Zeppelin and all these sort of things. Yeah. But actually, he was a performance poet. Uh, with Brian Patton, Roger McGough, I mean, these were the big names. And, uh, Genius, Roger McGough. Uh, and the thing is, the great thing about the internet, you can go <coughs> on the internet and you can hear hear them reading their poems, or their poetry. And, and I, 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 I love the poet you, you, you just written. I've recorded a few uh, different poets, and and I never um, edit it as such because it's it's the rhythm and the mm. you know the speed at which you do it, the, you know where you have your 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 breaks for the verses or whatever. Mm. I mean, they're not reverses, are they? Really, it's uh, mm. and it's so important uh, to actually hear the original um, poets reading their own work. Yeah. Oh, but some of them are deeply disappointing. <laughs> I love Robert Frost, and I 
didn't like hearing yeah. Robert Frost read his own poetry. <laughs> well, what about and Dylan Caroline, Thomas? And Carol, oh, Dylan Thomas sounds like sort of like Ralph Richardson or something when he's yeah. when he um, reads his. And Caroline Duffy doesn't really get me either. But I'm sure it's a very subjective thing. I mean, when you listen to other poets, it's quite subjective, isn't it? It's a it's a very personal mm. thing. Poetry mm. it's a very public thing. It can be very private. Now, I'm going to let you uh, read your second poem, because otherwise we'll run out of time again. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about this one, because this has got another fascinating title. Yeah, um, this one, this is a poem about a fly. Um, I think I've started writing a lot in the first person as well, mm. because to sort of go hand-in-hand hand with performance, I, f- I find that I can perform it a lot easier if, you, if you're mm. doing it that way. Mm. Um, but instead of going through personal experience I wanted to sort of adopt the a persona of something else so I mm. sort of put uh, wrote a poem about the uh, perspective of a fly and that's that's yep. where this has come from go for it I'm a fly I'm a fly I'm a sunburnt blemish on the builder's bum of society honeycombed eyes couple of antenna you know that variety there is, of course, thing that doesn't set us from you apart is that we both have one heart. Sort of. It's more of an open circulatory system is what I mean. And like me, you can be pretty mean too. Yes, we are a resilient bunch. Feisty specimens. But sometimes your jagged words can penetrate our exoskeletons. So I really want you to think that through the next time we turn up at the barbecue. Don't shout the word shoe and flow your hands in the air, as I might think you're complimenting my lovely choice of footwear that I'm respectfully removing of my free right hands before chowing down on one of your cumberlands. I suppose what I'm looking for is friendship and one I can trust. So why is it a simple Google search will give you page after page of nifty advice and simple ways of how to exterminate us? You seem to forget that we polish off your decaying matter, all the vegetables you love to hate, every single piece of fruit that cared to step one day out of the cell by date, all the baked goods and the like, every single piece of produce that wasn't used to plaster a meaty mosaic along the withering walls of your wheezing windpipe. Now, I know that may seem like a bit of a swipe, but I've tried to cut you a bit of slack, and then you hit me with a rolled-up newspaper and an unprovoked attack. The front page of the Daily Express now printed across my back, although I did enjoy the attention you gave me. But there was some collateral damage sustained in this physical embrace, and I fell from the space we temporarily occupied, if only for the briefest of times. It was clear I could no longer fly and fell from the sky with a wobble, and if you do insist on naming our species after the activity we enjoy partaking in, well now I was barely a hobble. Subsequently, I bobbled along a teacup's rim, holding onto the edge of the dearest of life before losing my grip and falling in, striking its swamp-like innards and breaking the skin, unleashing the foulest stench you could quite possibly ever been. You're so quick to call me unhygienic, but the mug wasn't even positioned on a bloody coaster. Maybe get a sequel, because I think we should see other people. Are we destined to remain estranged? I guess some things will never change. And I know that still renders me eligible to take the deepest of sips from the bitter inevitable. <laughs> oh, God, I hate blue bottles. That I shall think of that each time I go swiping <laughs> something. And I'm not allowed to be political on this programme, but the Daily Express is, the, is only fit for swiping flies. In my Certainly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was great. Thank you so much. 
Now, I want to give you a chance to say how people can find out a little bit more about your poetry and find out when your next edition is actually available. Yes, well, you can find me on Facebook uh, under my name, Ross Bryant, and I also have an Instagram page, Ross Bryant Poet, and my new collection, fingers crossed, will be out at some point this year, so I'll make sure that um, I'm put that on all my social media platforms <laughs> yes. as well certainly well, yeah. let us know as well of course, when, yeah. when it comes out we're happy to give you know new books a plug by people who've come on the show and you can come on again because people love hearing poetry i'd love to um on the radio um now i've i, I asked you who your favorite poets were um when you sit down to write do you sit down to write a poem or do you actually because people love to know people's writing process do you actually sit down to write a poem or does something come into your head and you have to get a piece of paper and quickly I always make sure that I carry a notebook on me because it's always on the bus um or somewhere like that that I'll I'll think of an idea but I do um get up around five o'clock every morning to to sit um and write because I think that's the best time of day to to do it it? yeah so um yeah I do um sort of regimentally get up early every day and um yeah I do sit and write before work I think that's, uh, I mean, we hear all varieties of that on this show. Either people stay up until three o'clock in the morning or really early. I'm definitely the later of <laughs> the two. I can see five <laughs> o'clock unless I'm not sleeping. Um, that's really fantastic. Thank you so much for coming in. I mean, it's literally flown by again. <laughs> Half an hour has gone. Oh, do we want to ask what he does? He's a poet. We don't need to ask what else he does. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <coughs> thanks ever so much. Now you've 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 chosen a terrific track to finish with. Yes. Um, why have you chosen this one? I think because Jim Morrison is, mm. um, as well as being in, a, in an amazing band, is also a fantastic poet as yes. well. So I thought it would be, uh, yeah. Yes, there are some yeah. great songwriters out there who are also terrific poets. Neil Hannon being one. <laughs> <laughs> Plug in again. So thanks so much for coming in and I think People of Strange is great for, for a writer a poet to use because with your little notebook and I'm the same <laughs> sit there listening to other people's conversations and people are very yes. thank you so thank this you. is uh, The Doors and People are Strange and it was from their second album I think called Strange Days and uh, six, uh, 50 years ago it came out in 1968 oh, <laughs> so here we go People are strange when you're a stranger Faces look ugly when you're alone Women seem wicked when you're unwanted Streets are uneven when you're down When you're strange Faces come out of the rain When you're strange No one remembers your name When you're strange When you're strange, when you're strange People are strange, when you're a strange Faces look ugly, when you're alone Women seem wicked, when you're unwanted Streets are uneven, when you're down When you're strange, faces come out of the rain. When you're strange, 
No one remembers your name When you're strange When you're strange When you're strange 